to the Weekly Cup. I'm Rainy. And I'm Chris. This is cup number two. So uh, if you listened in last week, uh, welcome back. Yes, we were kind of surprised with how many people listened. So thank you for listening. Um, we're just enjoying getting to do it and uh, getting to talk about whatever we want. Whatever we want. <laughs> um, Kind of keeping up with people. It's good. Mm-hmm. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, some fun things Big to talk about. Big thanks to all our fans out there. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we don't have fans. No. Except for our moms. Like I said, the moms, they really like us. They're, they might be fans, yes. Yes. But we need to make And Michaela. Michaela <laughs> said that um, she was like my number one fan or something like that. And she's like, well, after your mom. So yeah, this I one's think, for you, Michaela. I think Michaela would like anything you do, though. I like anything she does. So you're each other's fans. We are. There you go. She's mm-hmm. literally my kindred spirit. You know those people in life that you meet, and you're like, we just think about life the same way. Mm-hmm. We like so many like oh me too moments with Michaela. Mm-hmm. And I think it was C.S. Lewis that said the beginning of friendship is. Me too, maybe not. Maybe that's what she has to do with. We're gonna make a, uh, a quote of like, the beginning of friendship is me too, maybe, I'm not sure. C.S. Lewis. <laughs> no, someone said that. Ellie Holcomb quoted it on a. I digress. Anyways. Yes. I'm very thankful for Michaela. <laughs> yes. Is it like, um, so what's the thing called in Harry Potter where they, like, they have like their animal? Thing. What's that called? Oh, it's their um, Patronus. The Patronus, yeah. Um, okay. Is, is Michaela your Patronus? Michaela is my Patronus. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's supposed to be an animal, but I feel like me and Michaela can be each other's Patronus. Close enough. Yeah. What's your Patronus? What does the Patronus do? So, when the Dementors come, do you remember what the Dementors are? They're like the bad guys. Well, they're like, uh, yeah, kind of. They like, um... Like when they're around you, they steal like all feelings of joy and happiness and actually... So depression. Yeah, no, J.K. Rowling, <laughs> she referenced her experiences with depression when writing about what Dementors were like. Huh. And so she like pulled from her real life depression to talk so about So is that Dementors. why in the movies, like it's like they're sucking their soul out yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, because it's taking all their joy, all their happiness. Oh, so it doesn't actually kill them. Well, it can if it sucks too long, I think. I should know this as a Harry Potter fan. It's been a while since I've read like some of the later books, which reference the Dementors a lot. Um, they can kill you, I think, but... It, but initially, uh, they just suck your joy out. They suck your joy and happiness. Um, and then, so the Patronus um, spell, I guess, it like um, it makes it go away. Expecto Patronum. It's a kind of a hard spell because... Um, I remember Harry learned it in like his, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing, his third year, I think. Normally they don't learn it till their fifth year, I think, is what the book said. Okay, Expecto Patronus, that's the spell. Expecto Patronum. Patronum. But it's called a Patronus. A Patronus, so when you do the spell, it summons the Patronus? Yeah, so it comes out of your wand, it doesn't summon it, you like create it. But it makes, like it kind of creates this like shield and it's like an animal. Type thing. Oh, I thought the Patronus thing was like it just ran around. No, and you just I saw can see it. why you think that because in one of the later movies, Snape's Patronus, which is a doe, um, was like walking mm-hmm. around to help Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I guess you can make it go places. I'm not for sure. This is embarrassing for me because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> um, but I, I try, and you, Chris knows this, I try not to like overread the books or overwatch the movies because I just always, I don't want it to ever become like mundane. Mm-hmm. Like I want every time I watch Harry Potter or read a book for it to just blow me away. And that is absolutely what it does every time. Goals. <laughs> Goals. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so the Patronus. Patronus? Patronus. Patronus comes out of the wand. I just can't tell you how happy we are we're talking about <laughs> this. This literally brings me so much joy. So it comes out of the wand, and that gets the Dementors away. So you summon your own Patronus. Or you create your own yeah. Patronus. Or so, I think someone could maybe create one for you. So like, what determines the animal? I don't know. I don't know. Harry's, I can't remember what Harry says. Snape's is a doe, which um, my sister got me this necklace one time that had like a little doe and it said always on it because that's like Snape's line. Yeah, with um, with Harry's mom. With Harry's mom, <laughs> which is weird. Which is spoiler weird. alert. Spoiler alert. We, there's a lot of spoiler alerts. But here's the deal. If you haven't read Harry Potter at this point, what are you doing? Oh, you haven't. You haven't read them. I've, I've seen the movies. You've seen the movies. Yeah. I've you, read the first couple. And you've been to Harry Potter World. Experienced yes. it IRL in real life. Yeah, yeah. I did. No Patronus there. No Patronus. Patroni. Well, there was. So in what's, the, the, think, what's the plural of Patronus? Patronuses. Patronuses? Patronuses. I think it's Patroni. Patroni. <laughs> so, um, in my speech room, it's like a fiesta theme. And so I have like all these cacti, cactuses, cacti? I think it's cacti. Cacti all over the room. And one of my kids was walking around my room the other day. He's like, I see cacti there and cacti there and cacti there. There's so many cacti. I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but Patroni, yeah. Patroni. I don't think that's... I'm sure that's not right. I but. think they did a Patronus on the ride inside the castle, but to be fair, I think you were about to throw up, so... Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention at that point. I was just thinking, when when is it going to be over? Yeah. Chris gets really motion sick. Yes. So when we go to parks, we don't really ride. I, well, when, when we went to Harry Potter, he rode both of the Harry Potter things with me once, and then he would just wait for me and let me go in the single rider line yeah. a couple of other times. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Anyway, so Patronus. So, so you don't know like what actually creates the animal, like the specific animal, right? It's something subconscious, right, I think maybe. It's something kind of like characteristic of like the person, almost like a spirit animal type of thing. Uh, so I don't know. I can't remember what Harry's is. So what? What, do you th- what would my Patronus be? Oh, I mean, gosh. you've lived with me for three months now. Three months. Yeah. A sloth. <laughs> Wasn't gonna say it, but no, I'm just kidding. Not a sloth. You're like tenacious and work hard when it's something that you really care about, but when it's time to hang, you're really good at just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Maybe a cat. You could be a cat, like. Yeah. You're, like, tenacious when you want to be, but when it's time to rest, like, back up, it is time to rest. Yeah, and, like, whenever I'm, whenever I want to be social, man, I'm social, but whenever I want to not be social, I'm, like, That's actually true. You are a cat. Yeah. (laughs) My Patronus is a cat. (laughs) Kodiak. Uh Uh-huh. So, let's see, what would yours be if, 
if Mika let's just assume Michaela's not your Patronus right, for, for a minute. Because she is. Because she is, but let's just, for, right. for, for uh, argument's sake, let's mm -hmm. just say that she's not. Um, what would yours be? Um, just see so you're fun and vibrant and... Um, I'm kind of go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Cheetah. <laughs> Cheetah. <laughs> Except for I don't run fast. And They're high not really playful either. That's true. And high intensity workouts, man, mm. those are hard on my blood sugar. Yeah, red panda. I know nothing about a red panda, but I'm interested. Tell yeah, me. you should um, you should go look it up. Well, I guess I could look it up. I guess people listening in won't, won't get to see this. Um, so I'm gonna look this up. Here, you say something. I'll look it up. Everyone else, look it up to you if you're if you're at home. Uh, <laughs> red panda. Chris has a wide, like, variety of, like, random information, and I always ask him where it comes from. YouTube, he says, because it's like, once he starts YouTubing, it's just, like, a recommendation after recommendation, and he has a plethora of knowledge mm -hmm. of, of random facts. I don't really get the whole YouTube thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, after a season of The Bachelor, I'll kind of go crazy watching some recaps. Um, also... Any other Bachelor fans? What do we think about Bachelor in Paradise? I was kind of sad. <laughs> I was kind of sad. <laughs> this is what happens when you leave me to talk. They've changed their, like, search. I'm like, look, it looks um, weird. They're cute. Does it look weird? Um, Anyways, back to Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, I'm just kidding, Chris. I care about what you have to say. Well, like, it's not showing... A video of the red the video. <gasps> oh, my gosh. It's so cute. I take that as a compliment. Okay, yeah, so... If you, if you haven't looked at, we'll look at red pandas. Um. Okay, here it is. Oh, it looks like it's just wanting to love and play. <laughs> That's for sure me. My Patronus is a red panda. Look at him. <gasps> he is just so ready to hang. <laughs> He's just jumping around. He's like, hey, fun times. Friend, friend. Oh, absolutely. We should put the link to this in show notes. Do we have show notes? Um, I bet we can make some. Show notes. I, can, I bet I can figure that out. That's what the official podcasters do, so. Yes, so, uh, yes, Red Panda. Um, I guess that's your Patronus is the Red Panda. Is so. your cat? So uh, once, you know, so so according to Harry Potter, like once the Dementor, mm -hmm. which is symbolic of depression, right? Yeah. Okay. So once the Dementor slash depression comes out, all I need to do is just throw a cat at it. Yeah. And then life is okay. Yeah. Just we'll sacrifice Kodiak. Yeah. We'll just, Kodiak's my. He's kind cat, of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll just throw. Throw Kodiak. the cat at the pressure. That's how we make Hogwarts happen in real life. Absolutely. Well, that was a really good talk. I feel so good about that. I bet you do. Yeah. Man. So, uh, I, we forgot to mention this. We're at, uh, this week, for Cup 2 of cup Coffee. Two, we, we are, are not at, at Avoca today. We are not at Avoca. We are at the Edge Coffee House in Lake Worth. Lake Worth. And so, uh, if uh, This is a wants... good spot. We might return. Mm -hmm. um, they have a little back room where it's kind of quieter. Yeah. Um, we tried Sons of Liberty again. Because really, when we've been there, it has not been so loud. But last week and this week, total strikeout. Like, packed, loud. 
I don't know. I guess it's the school thing, or maybe people are realizing how cool it is. If you live in Fort Worth, you should try Sons of Liberty. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's very, very classy. Very yeah. hipster. It reminds me, uh, Springfield people would recognize this. It reminds me of Kingdom Coffee. Have mm-hmm. I ever taken you there? Mm-hmm, the one with all the windows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Kingdom is great. If you live in Springfield, that was like one of my favorite coffee shops. Although nothing beats Hebrews, man. I've spent hours in Hebrews. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, we're at the edge. Um, so if you want a good cup of coffee, uh, stop by here. And, uh, yeah. what, you can I don't probably know. hear someone playing guitar in the background. Yeah. They were uh, getting lit to Reckless Love a few minutes ago. I guess I should quiet down. I mean, lit in a good way. They were just praising Praising man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. They're getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What kind of coffee are you having today? Uh, just plain drip. Plain drip. That's normally what we do. They have like a little mini French press here, um, and so that's what I'm having. I prefer French press, and actually Chris does too. We drink French press every single morning. I make it. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Hannah Bryant, for that wedding gift. Uh, we did have a pour over, which was from my Patronus Michaela, but I accidentally dropped it and it shattered. So uh, I'll get all by myself another one at some point. Um, pour over is kind of like, it takes a little bit more like um, maintenance. Or I don't know, maintenance is the right word. You have to like hand hold it a little bit, I feel uh, like. Because like on the French press, like you, you put everything in it and then you just sit there and you leave it. But with like the pour over, you have to like pour and then like let it go down a little bit and then pour some more. That's true. That's true. And you have to really make sure you're pouring in like a circular motion and that kind of thing. Um, but if you are a coffee person, French press and pour over are just really smooth. We have a grinder too. Yeah, the grinder. grinder. And fresh, we are yeah. sold on that. That's yeah. another wedding gift. I'm a believer. Like in, in all, all honesty, um, before whenever because you had a little bitty grinder and yeah. i was like ah, i don't really care about using a grinder it's just for like a nice quiz in our one though. yeah the i didn't really care too much about having a grinder for the the coffee beans because i'm like i bet it's not that much different and it just adds another step into the process and then um and then my brother jared is jared right yeah it's jared yeah. and rachel uh jared and rachel got me a uh or got us a like a nice one that has like the different things it's like plugs up into the wall mm-hmm. and, it looks really cool it too. looks really cool and you're able to fill it up with the the coffee beans and I'll, I'll tell you this um grinding the beans fresh like you smell the coffee before you even put it in i think it tastes a lot fresher too yeah it's um, just crisp and i was hearing the other day i don't remember who i was talking to like the, the the ground up beans on the shelf, like in the store, right? Um, some of those are like years old. But really? That's what where'd I heard. You, where'd you hear that? I can't remember where I heard it from, so so don't fact check me on that. Well, and you know me, I'm all about the fresh, organic, farm right. to table deals. But so I mean, you know what? I feel like that fits into what we try to live by. Right, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like if, uh, you know, Folgers, which we don't use Folgers. Oh. No. Um, no, no. We usually use Starbucks, um, but like whether Folgers or Starbucks or Community or um, McDonald's or all these different coffee brands, they have to supply tons of coffee, right, to all these different stores. So grind. And so it, it would make sense that, you know, they just make so much bulk and then they like ship it out and have to let it sell. And, 
I imagine, especially like Folgers, like the the cheaper one that doesn't sell very often, I imagine it probably just sits there. Yeah. Huh, I believe that. I've never heard that, but I believe it. Yeah, we are really into Starbucks Pike Place. That's what we always get. It's a good yeah. medium roast. Did you know that the lighter the roast, the more caffeine, and the darker the roast, the less yeah. lesser caffeine? Which yeah. which is weird for me because I figured the darker would be more caffeine. Because it tastes so bold. Yeah. But no, the lighter roasted has more caffeine. So when I was in college, more so undergrad, when I was like staying up, you know, late trying to study or whatnot, I would um, always blue. Blue, brew a lighter roast to stay up. Yeah, and so that's where you can get definitely more, more pretentious in your coffee and say like, do you want like a nighttime coffee? Right, like and a dark coffee? roast is a good nighttime coffee. I used to keep both at my apartment, light roast and dark mm-hmm. roast, but now, um, now I just go to bed. <laughs> I don't have mm-hmm. tests or anything I have to study for, so it's not like I need to drink coffee at night. Yeah. But yeah, so if you do coffee, um, try the grinder. Do it. Like it. And you can get like a Mr. Coffee one for like 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, it's kind of loud. It will definitely like, like Randy wakes me up every morning when I hear it. But you know what? He goes um, right back to sleep. I do. So. Um, and uh, it's loud, but man, uh, you can smell the coffee before it even starts brewing um, when you use the grinder. And I'm sold. Um, and you just feel kind of cool. Like, yeah, maybe a little pretentious or yeah. like coffee snob, but I know that we're coffee snobs. I'll admit it. I used to really be like, oh, no, I'm not a coffee snob. I'm not a hipster. Whatever. I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. I play the part. I got the Chacos. I got <laughs> I got my coffee. Oh, the Chacos. <laughs> got my glasses. Yeah, the Chacos. For what it's worth, I've had these guys for like four years, and they are awesome. Mm-hmm. So they're worth the money you pay, in my opinion. Yes, yes. Chris does not own tacos. So. I do not. Um, yeah, well, is there anything uh, worthwhile going on this um, week or this past week? You know, I feel like I'm re-remembering some important life lessons as I'm starting my new job. Because, um, you know, I was in grad school for two years. I remember when I first started grad school, like, I just felt like I was at school all the time. I was working on stuff all the time and it took forever. And then, you know, after about a year of grad school, I kind of got into my groove. Things took a lot less time. And I was thinking this week, like, I feel like everything at work takes me forever to do. And that's frustrating to me because I've been in a habit of, like, things moving pretty fast because I had, you know, what I did at grad school down in my clinical work there. But everything's just taking me kind of a long time because I'm, like, figuring out, like, what my rhythm is and what my organization is. And so I think I'm just like having to remind myself that it is okay to be bad at something when you first start. <laughs> like, and not that yeah. I feel like I'm providing bad therapy, like I had a great education, but um, it's like one of those things where like, I'm just really humbled and that it's okay that I'm slow and I'm figuring out. It just, that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's like- It's my, okay to be bad when you first start. Yeah, something. it's like my professor told me in college, um, you know, when you're teaching, you only have to be one step in front of the person you're leading. That's all you gotta do. That's extremely refreshing. Yeah. I, I forget that, you say that quite a bit, I always forget that, but that's good, yeah. good stuff. And they don't know the difference. Yeah. That's true, they don't, I mean, all they care about is, can we play Candyland? <laughs> I'm like, no, not today, I'm sick of Candyland. Yes. They yeah. all, they, it's what they always wanna play is 
Candyland. Yes, and if, for those of you that may not know, Randy is a speech therapist. Yes, I'm a speech therapist. So like when I do group therapies, like I let kids, we play a game and like they take their turn, say their word however many times or whatever it is. I was saying more the Candyland. Oh, Candyland. <laughs> candy <laughs> no, 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 not every child says that, but a lot That's of the children true. that you see do talk like that. A lot of the like kids that. I see, L's are really hard for kids. R's are hard and K's and G's are hard for kids. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. why I spend the most and S's, whispers. 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 Yes. Speech is hard. Speech is hard. And, and think about it. If you have said a sound wrong for seven years of your life, and some lady's trying to reteach you how to say, like, think what if you couldn't say like one of your sounds, and you've been saying it all these years wrong? Think about how hard that is to teach your brain to put that that sound like, correctly. Like it's hard, and so. It's like whenever I went to college, um, I have some friends in college that that started to lovingly point out that I said we was, like like uh, I'll just be talking. I say we was going over here, or uh, yeah we. Really. Yeah, I would say that all the time, and then they they pointed out to me, and I'm like, I don't say that, and they're like, well, we're gonna start pointing out to you every time you say it, and man, I said it so much. People around Mountain Grove say it. It's it can be known as like a. Is like a dialect, thing. like a Ozarkian, probably Southern as well dialect thing, mm-hmm. but it's grammatically incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. And I just I had zero clue that I was saying we was, and so they start pointing out to me, and I start getting frustrated. I said so much, and it mm-hmm. took it took the better part of that year it's to hard. untrain myself to say we was to say we were. So it makes you feel bad for kids who are on a speech caseload, and think about so there's some kids who get speech and language, so things like has or have or like uh, regular past tense like they forget to add the the duh sound like I danced you know mm-hmm. or I guess dance the T but anyways um, and then they have those goals and sound goals like they can't say L's and R's and stuff too like it's a lot to relearn mm-hmm. so it's good empathy to have for old them. habits die hard yeah so we just candy landed out that's why early intervention Thank you. Oh yeah. my gosh, Chris knows the the cry of my heart. I love early intervention because it can really change kids' lives, um, especially in the special ed world, or I guess that's or individuals with special needs, people first language. I always try to use, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, early intervention is good. Well, yeah. In all matters of life, <laughs> if we're if like let's you know even tie it to like. If you're having like a personal struggle, and if you hide it away for a long time, that's for sure gonna just get worse. But if you share your problems, so like hashtag Christian thing to say. Mm-hmm. But like if you like in the beginning, if you know you're starting to struggle with something, and you ask for help, I mean, more likely to have a mm-hmm. better outcome sooner. Mm-hmm. So yeah. early intervention applies to all parts of life. So, Absolutely. Boom. Speech pathology. We are just covering all my favorite topics. All the favorite topics. You just really get me. I do. I do. It's almost like we're married. It's almost like we're married. So, I know we talked about doing uh, rest this week, but, but let's actually push that to next week um, because we have to talk about our um, our segment that we've segment. wanted to do. We And we've talked about this. This is the first... This is probably an idea before the podcast was an idea. We just do this sometimes in conversation. Yeah, so the segment is going to be called Let's Speculate Wildly. And I think I thought about this whenever the, um, the Parks and Rec episode 
where uh, something in like politics happened and it's like we don't know what happened but we're going to speculate wildly about it like the yes. news I think it was purred happily or no it was no, it was, a, it, no it was um it was Jeremy Jam oh yes he would speculate wildly uh, yeah so so uh, we want to do a, a segment called Let's Speculate Wildly and instead about politics and, and stuff like that it's going to be about heaven yeah. Oh, it's just heaven? I thought it was all, all kinds of random topics. Oh, I was thinking just heaven. Just heaven. Because, like, the, the heaven is, like, you know, the thing is, like, you know, if you're ever in a discussion with someone about heaven, you know, the old fail-safe is, like... Um, Gold roads. No, not, not even that. They, oh. uh, they, I guess we'll find out when we get there. It's oh, like okay. It's like, we, well, we just don't know. And um, I remember... A and couple, you've actually read a lot about yeah, heaven. Yeah, a couple of years Chris ago. Chris actually has a lot of knowledge about the subject. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago I went to a conference and I heard Randy Alcorn, who's a Christian author, speak. And he actually, he spoke about heaven and he's actually written a book on heaven that I've read a You'll little have bit to on. put that in the show notes. That's like, yeah. a, I haven't read it, but I've heard amazing people oh, it's love great. it. Cody and Ingrid, um, yeah. my friends in Springfield, they really like it. Yeah, I think I remember hearing him, his one hour talk on heaven. Um, really kind of changed my life because it was mm -hmm. just such a a stark difference like what I envisioned in my head uh, about heaven versus like what he was presenting like the biblical case for heaven to be mm -hmm. was just two completely different things for the better right. um, and so like uh, it's an exciting topic like when you oh it was and, and I remember one of the one of like the most kind of profound uh statements in his book is um, he thinks the best strategy that Satan has on Christians is to convince us or to to show us that heaven isn't something to be excited about um, which I think is is kind of generally the case is that like people don't even Christians are like oh I don't want to die which obviously we shouldn't like live wanting to die but right, but even Paul said like for me to die is gain right because he gets and I don't think that. enough of us I'm saying me included like I don't think enough of us as Christians have that outlook right like I think if I think if we're all being honest the majority of Christians like our view on heaven is is more of one like I'll understand it when I get there. Right. Like, it's like I'm not those things where I'm not even gonna try to understand. I'm just gonna well, it's like get I'm there not, when I get there. It's like I'm not that excited about it right now, but I'm sure I'll be excited about it when right. I get there. It's gonna be great. And and I think the reason that is is because and this is what Randy Alcorn said at the conference. He said that a lot of us are convinced that heaven is gonna be one never ending long church service. Um, where we're all just singing. I mean, that's what I thought growing up. Right. Um, and that's what I thought when I was sitting in that uh, audience. Um, where did you hear him at? Linger? Yes, at Linger. Um, probably four years ago. Um, uh, yeah, he, he said that. And that's what I thought. And I'm, you know, because we all, you know, hear that, that passage in Revelation where it's like, you know, everyone was surrounding the throne singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord uh -huh. God Almighty. Or, right. or I think that's the, the passage. Um, like never ending and the thing is that that is a passage in the Bible but that's pre uh, second coming and that's pre new heaven and new earth mm. um, and so a lot of people take that passage and assume okay that's heaven and it is to an extent but it's not the new heaven and new like earth I think it's like one glimpse of something like just a small glimpse 
so I'm it's like a glimpse of the much present. Bigger, I guess. Yeah. Is that right? I don't know. Well, because like the thing is, is that if the timeline of Revelation um, is, it gives a, a glimpse of what's going on right now in heaven and what's going on right now on earth, and then it 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 kind of shows the second coming, and then after the second coming, what doesn't happen is everyone doesn't go to God's dwelling place. What actually happens? Yeah. What actually happens is. Um, the old, the universe as we know it now is wiped away, and the new universe is created. Uh, the new heavens and new earth are created, and then you have God's throne descend onto that new universe. Right. And so, actually, we're not going to God. God's coming to us in that moment. And so, the the um, pic- the picture that's described in that, I think, Revelations two. Oh, Revelations. Revelation. Yes, let's all be clear here. It is Revelation. Yeah, my professor in college was very adamant about that. Um, uh, Revelation 2, I think. uh, I might be wrong on that. Uh, One of the early chapters of Revelation. That picture that it gives of everyone surrounding the throne singing, that's not the new heaven and new earth picture. That's mm-hmm. at the end. That's pre all that. Okay. And so, so it would do us a lot of good to not picture, or to not exp- to not think that the new heaven and the new earth that happens in Revelation 22 is the same thing that's as Revelation uh, two. Yeah, sure. that, that, those are two different things. Um, and so, we already don't like long church services, right? Right. Like if it's it, like man hits an hour, you're like, oh. Yeah, it's an hour, and we're like, man, we're we're gonna be behind everyone in the line at the, uh, the Chinese uh, buffet. I, the not, Chinese buffet. That's not us, but growing up, we'd always go to the Chinese buffet after lunch. Yeah, here it's probably more El Paseo that's, or, uh, or um, uh, El Cerrito. El Cerrito. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're gonna be. We usually head home and nap because you know one thing. <laughs> sorry, a little side note. I feel like about being on staff at churches. Um, by the time Sunday's over, I am beat. Mm-hmm. Like, we have rehearsal, and then um, you usually teach by teach sometimes, and then we get through the service, and, man, I am absolutely exhausted. Right. And so, so we go home. <laughs> yeah. And so Sorry, well, that was a tangent. Once the service, church service, hits about an hour, you know, everyone starts looking at their watches. Like, dang, and, I'm uh, go home. My nap is, a, is approaching. Yeah, and... Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it goes long one Sunday, we're fine. If it starts to go long multiple Sundays, then... We're going to have a talk with a preacher. Yeah. We're we're, we're soon looking for a new church at that point, right? (laughs) And and so we already don't like long church services. And so this notion that heaven is going to feel like this one long church service doesn't sound appealing. And we're all kind of like, oh, well, probably my heaven body will like that. Right, yeah. It's like, <laughs> my it's earth like, body's not about that, but my heaven body can't win. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, that sounds really unappealing to me right now, but I'm not going to say that. Show me tell. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... I should not be a Bible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I remember, I can't remember if this was in the book or, or at the conference, but he was saying that a lot of us don't like that picture of the never-ending church service, not because we're not spiritual enough, but, but because we're not created to sit in the never-ending church service. Like, it makes sense that our bodies don't want to do like that. like Revelation, correct me if I'm wrong, in the end, with the new heaven and new earth after the second coming of Christ, um, it's, sorry, oh, I lost my train of thought. It's just meant to be like a perfect heaven, 
or, or sorry, a perfect earth. Yeah, perf perfect earth. Yeah. So because, okay. So yeah. So so the arching kind of narrative of the Bible is one of redemption, um, and and the thing about redemption is redemption only works if there's something to redeem, and and so having something to redeem only works as if there was like a previous state, mm -hmm. and so like to to bring something to redemption, to redeem something, means to bring it to the former state that so it was. So pre-fall. Yeah, pre and so that's the thing, is God created you know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden um, in this perfect world, um, and they themselves were perfect, and they like their sole job was to sit and enjoy life, to enjoy God, to enjoy each other, to work. Um, and, that's and another they, discussion, but that's a that's good another one. discussion. And they enjoyed their work, and and their their job was just to enjoy life. And they had this one thing that they couldn't do, right? The one thing was to eat from the, the tree, and, and they done did it, done and they screwed it up. And and now this this perfect world and perfect life and perfect um, situation that that God laid out is now ruined, and it all descended into. Um, sin and brokenness and death and famine and everything bad like the Holocaust the, the most atrocious evils of evils all descended from that yeah. and and kind of the storyline of the Bible is that God isn't giving up on plan A right he is going to make it happen right yeah because which is a why we need Jesus because like, like. we kind of think that the general thought is that heaven is going to be like our spiritual home, but that's actually plan B. God, God didn't create us as spiritual beings. God created us as both spiritual and physical beings. Like that's plan A, right? So if we were going to, if when we die, we go um, to heaven, like spiritual heaven for all eternity, that's actually settling for plan B, right? And so God is. I'm learning along with I know. I mean, we've talked about this, but. God isn't going to just um, forego plan A, um, but as we're descending, he's instituting this plan of redemption through Jesus um, so that just as Jesus was physically resurrected, right. right? it's very important that he was physically resurrected, the body was gone. Right. Um, Jesus was physically resurrected, so too we will follow in his steps and be physically resurrected in the second coming and in the new heaven and the new earth. Right. And so in the new heaven and the new earth, all of a sudden this, this new, the, this, um, this world is brought back to perfection. All evil and sin was thrown into the lake of fire in the previous chapter, but chapter 22, um, everything is brought back to perfection. And then God descends on that. And all of a sudden we have a restored Eden, if you will. And so, so that's really more the, the depiction of heaven that that the Bible gives, not not necessarily this never-ending church service where we're singing holy, holy, holy right. over and over and over again, but this one that we are we are just living life among God. In a perfect world? In a perfect world. Um, and so, in that's reality, appealing. that's appealing, right? That, that's super appealing. Um, like if you say, hey, do you want to come sit in this church service with me for the next 24 hours? I doubt you will have very many people say right. yes. But if you say, hey, you want to go on an adventure with me? You right. want to just, you want to go on a hike? You want to go play some games? You want to go, uh, just do whatever. Um, and not only that, but the creator of the whole universe is going to be with us. Yeah. Big deal. That sounds appealing. That sounds right? great. Yeah. I'm into that. Um, and so, and, 
and one of the interesting things, if you go read you know, Genesis um, 1 and 2, that word describes the Garden of Eden, and then go read uh, Revelation 22 of the restored heaven and very earth. Similar. They're very similar. There's lots mm. of similarities in them. Like what you see in Genesis 1 and 2, it's referenced in Genesis, or Revelation 22. And I think that's by design because yeah. Revelation 22, new heaven and new earth, is supposed to be a restored, redeemed Garden of Eden, yeah. right? Where everything's brought back. And so while this doesn't tell us everything that heaven is going to be like, I or at least. I think it gives us a better gauge and picture than just like the, the eternity long church yeah. service. It gives, us a, it gives us an ability to speculate a little bit right i feel like we need to ensure the tie of like the speculating wildly is kind of a joke <laughs> it's a joke we're, we're not we're not at all trying to like definitively definitively say this is what happens right be because like. i don't want people to think we're heretics um yeah because chris actually does have a lot of knowledge about heaven and, and has studied it and um, yeah, yeah and so I, the information that has just been presented to you by pr- I almost said Briss Crown. Oh my gosh, I need to um, <laughs> Chris Brown um, is rooted in scripture and, and wisdom from other um, Christians as well. And so, but we, whenever he was reading the book, like, you know, when it talks about like the new heaven and new earth and like the things that, you know, getting into enjoy a perfect world. Chris would bring up, oh, we should speculate wildly about this topic, or what will it be like, and, right. so, and um, so that's kind of where it stems from. And it's, and and like you said, I don't think we're trying to do this to be heretics, It's, and I don't think we're even fully trying to do this just as a joke. Um, You're good. We're not even fully trying to do this as a joke, but in reality, we're trying to do this to kind of stir some affections, Yeah. and to almost uh, produce hope and excitement about what it could be. Right. Um, and and again we're not saying anything definitively, but but like there is something to just let's dream for a second right. of what like, it could what be like. It's a perfect world like. And like man, if you can like stir some affections and hope and and dreams about what it might be like based on on what the scripture opens up, then all of a sudden now you will be opened up to be a lot more excited to right. talk about that. And if you can uh, open I mean, up you your can stir your affection for the Lord too. Well, that's the thing because yeah, um, it, it stirs affections on all ends. Um, and now all of a sudden, like, whenever you're talking to people, you're not like subtly trying to keep this in the dark because you don't want to present a weird thing. Right. But all of a sudden, you're able to say like, hey. Um, I want to invite you into this incredible thing that's happening. Right, and like, here's why I believe this, and here's like what to look forward to. Like, you know, when you look at, for me, it's like I bounce off the evidence of Jesus and who He is, and why I believe that He is God's Son, and and why my faith is there. But so you bounce off of that, so you're like, okay, I know this is true and this is legit. And so when you think about like the hope of heaven in like a legit sort of way. And, like, knowing that it's, like, literally a restored world going back to um, what it was originally intended to be, like. Right. It's almost, like, too, it's, like, in our human brains, it's, like, too good to be true, but right. it's and, legit. And, you know, I guess someone could say, like, man, that's awfully selfish, right? Because your, your form of heaven and your form of a restored world is talking a whole lot about you and what you're doing. But, again, like, let's just look at 
what God designed for Adam and Eve to be. Um, yes, to have perfect relationship with Him, God. Right, and I but, don't want us to minimize that. Yeah, like, no, the perfect relationship part of with it. God, that is a huge incentive because He's perfect and He is a good, good Father. Right. Pat Barrett. Pat Barrett. Uh, Pat Barrett. Pat Barrett. Pat Barrett. Pat Barrett would say. More likely know it via Chris Tomlin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that you can't separate the two. Um, the, right. the restored earth is a restored relationship with God. Right, and His intention for us is to enjoy a perfect life. Yeah, with him. He truly, yeah, with yeah. him, because he truly loves us and cares for us, and and that's why when Adam and Eve went done messed up and screwed it up, there was immediately a plan. Like, I love how I think it's shortly after the fall. You may have to correct me on some of this. When God is talking to Adam and Eve about their punishment and stuff, like he says something about like, what's the crush? This heel will crush his head. Like mm-hmm. it's basically prophesying for Jesus. As soon yeah, Jesus and Satan. Yeah, there's a prophecy for Jesus that we see come true at the cross right after um, the first sin. And then isn't there like over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament confirmed in Christ? I think over three. Oh, I'm sure. There's, yeah. I mean, that we should do an apologetics episode. That's a whole. Other yeah, I'm not thing. sure off the top of my head, but that number sounds. But like, right. as soon as the world need to be restored, there's promise after promise, and then we see the resurrection in Jesus, which gives us further hope to our resurrection. Ugh, I, I, I. Right. It's, well, it's one of those it things is like, like, like everything points to something, right? Mm. The, the whole Bible is pointing to something, and. And that something is Christ, yes, but more importantly, it's what Christ did. Right. Um, and and it's not even, it's, you know, some people say, what's the gospel? You know, Jesus died for our sins. That's not the whole gospel. Right, people often forget the resurrection. Right. It's so and it, it, It's, that's like saying that's... Because if he didn't beat death, then, or even Paul says that in First Corinthians 15, he's like, if Jesus didn't raise up from the grave, like if he couldn't defeat death, then your faith is futile. Right. Well, it's 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 conflating the means to an end with the end itself. Mm-hmm. Right. The means to an end was the death on the cross. The end was the resurrection and redemption. Right. And so I think sometimes let me dance around this carefully. I think sometimes we we get hung up too much on the cross. Yeah. And uh, which is the cross, absolutely, we are all saved by the work on the cross. Absolutely. And the resurrection. Right, like the right. resurrection is just as important. Showing so, that there's nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. Right, cannot overcome and so, so Jesus' death on the cross was for a reason, and that reason was um, to forgive, forgive us of our sins, and our forgiveness of sins is even there for a reason, and that's for the redemption of ourselves. Um, and so God redeeming us is even for a reason. What's that reason? To live in the new world, the new it's heaven, the new earth, union in union with him and with each other. Living it up. And so, um, you know, it, it may be looked as like really kind of narcissistic and, and like self-serving to like just focus on the new heaven and the new earth. But 
that was the whole plan. Right. That's the purpose. Like, right. like we can we can focus on the cross. Because he loves us. Right. He, yeah. He's just good. We can focus on the cross, but the cross has to point to something. And the resurrection has to point to something. And it's pointing to this. Right. And it's a lot. It's like so much more than just escaping from hell. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes we can view it as like, oh, yeah, well, don't have to go to hell now. But like, man. And you always say, like, Crystal often says, like, we're saved, like, from death but we're also saved for something so yeah we are saved from like um death but we are saved for a restored life mm-hmm. so sorry that took me a while to get out there's some people over here talking and it's distracting me Gosh. yeah um i'm just kidding they're fine so whenever they're, they're not here they so yeah. so the point of the uh let's speculate wildly segment is to say like present a question about heaven and so it's like you know will there be pets in heaven i don't know let's speculate wildly about that i don't think so um like scripture's pretty clear about that well you know what how about we save that for the next one okay sounds Um, good so so people think speculating wildly is as hilariously entertaining as we do because i've seen this meme before it's like no one thinks we're as funny as we do. Evie and I often say that about mm. each other. Like, no one thinks we're as funny as we do. I hope other people enjoy what we think is funny. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I love to speculate wildly about heaven. Um, hopefully within the confines of Scripture, and, and hopefully we can we can pull it back to Scripture and, <laughs> and uh, you know, root our speculation in scripture mm-hmm. um but yeah so how about next week we'll cover will there be pets in heaven i don't know let's speculate wildly about it next week I in our third cup about my answer and um and if you have any questions we're, we're asking you now oh my gosh and, if you want us to speculate wildly submit your answer yeah yeah submit your answer um you can send uh your your question to chris and randy brown at gmail.com so yeah so, submit your questions and, and we'll We'll try to hit on them uh, at least one or two each week, yeah. uh, and yeah. it'll be fun. But you know, we, we can are have guests speculate with us. I know some of our funny friends who would do great. Yes, with the yeah. speculations. Yeah, we're gonna try to have some some guests on. I'm thinking Dylan would crush some of those. Oh yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's about all the time we got. We've been going for a little bit here. Uh, so thank you for joining us for our uh, third cup, or no, not third cup. Thank second you for joining cup. us for our second cup on the weekly cup. I'm Randy. And I'm Chris, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.